2: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davismatic. This is our weekly roster management podcast, where we go through the best waiver wire options for your fantasy football teams, talk through uh, waiver bidding, talk through uh, fab bidding. You know all the percentages that you need to do, and then also we give a quick look at quarterback tight end kicker and defense streaming, so that if you are wanting to spend your fab bucks on a defense, wanting to spend your fab bucks on a tight end, which this late in the season with wins at a premium, I I would not blame you for wanting to do that. I think that those are reasonable things to do, but of course, we will have a more in-depth, Uh, streaming article up on the website on rotoexperts.com on Wednesday. Now let's go ahead and get into the waiver wire. The two big names this week, actually, and after Monday Night Football, there are three big names, but uh, they are Josh Reynolds, Chris Conley, and Jalen Samuels, with a little bit of mention thrown out to Benny Snell, but It appears that uh, James Conner was injured in the Monday night football game for the Steelers. He was tackled right at the end of the game and then left, and then a trainer was was seen on TV mouthing the word clavicle. Now, does that mean that James Conner broke his clavicle? Probably not. Uh, The team said that he had a shoulder AC injury, so maybe he misses a week. Maybe he goes on IR. Maybe he misses the rest of the season. That is something that is possible. So I think Jalen Samuels, Tuesday night waivers, definitely someone that you're going to want to bid on and us kind of small contingency bids on Benny Snell as well. But the two difference-making wide receivers are Josh Reynolds. So, What makes Reynolds sort of interesting is that the Rams are headed into a bye week and the player that he's replacing is Brandon Cooks who had a concussion. Now Reynolds had, you know, quote unquote, a breakout game against the Bengals, but all that really happened was he caught a touchdown. He played pretty well and he, he played in a very similar role to what he played in last year when Cooper Cup got injured playing around 55 to 60% of the snaps. Um, and that, uh, that's a pretty useful situation, basically. Uh, so he averaged, without Cooper Cup last year, Josh Reynolds did, uh, about six targets per game, 0.6 touchdowns per game, and 45 yards per game. You know, that doesn't necessarily make him an immediate wide receiver, too. It doesn't necessarily immediately make him someone that you want to put on your fantasy roster. But I think having an, a wide receiver in this offense is, is a pretty valuable situation. And I think there's a decent chance that Josh Reynolds is someone that you're going to want to start if, in fact, this Brandon Cooks injury is serious, and this is his second concussion of the year. Now, the first time he was cleared, he was able to get through the concussion protocol, but the second touchdown of the season, it's just going to be a little bit more intense, and I think there's definitely a chance that Cooks has to uh, miss some time. Also, along these same lines, I do think Tyler Higbee is going to see more playing time, and Gerald Everett should assume kind of a larger target share in the offense. He might play a little bit more as a slot wide receiver, so I think if if Gerald Everett is still out there in your league and he's not, you know, he's not a hundred percent owned, he's not that type of player, and the the Rams are going into a bye, uh, I, I think Everett is someone kind of worth holding through the bye. But the top wide receiver for me this week, the number one guy that I'm wanting to add is Chris Conley? He's coming off uh, another strong game where he uh, he led the he led the Jacksonville Jaguars in wide receiving. Uh, had a really nice seventy yard touchdown that was uh, really created by his great long speed. But the reason why we are thinking about adding him this week is that D.D. Westbrook was not able to make it through all of Sunday's game due to uh, accumulated injuries. You know he's been listed on the practice report as questionable for the last two weeks, and he was only able to play in the first half of the jaguars game now i didn't see dd westbrook you know take a hit have a bad fall or or anything like that so to me i i think that uh you know dd he might just need a week off he might need two weeks off and conley is that de- conley is someone i'm kind of interested in owning anyways because as the jacksonville tight ends have started to uh you know just uh do fall left and right. They've had James O'Shaughnessy, James O'Shaughnessy Jeff Swain, You know, finally Josh Oliver just got his first reception of the year. I think Conley has, you know, he does have a pretty decent sized role in that offense. So for me, that is pretty much the only difference makers on this week's waiver wire. We do have uh, some other potential contributors though. Starting with Zach Zenner, he's going to be in a timeshare on Thursday night with Kenyon Drake. Chase Edmonds is expected to miss multiple wings weeks with a hamstring injury, and David Johnson has already been declared out of that Thursday night game. Zenner is really only a guy that I would roster in, like, or, or I guess you could you could really probably start Zach Zenner in like 14 team leagues, 16 team leagues, stuff like that. I am in a 12 team dynasty league with 33 roster spots where we start two quarterbacks. That uh, there's a real chance that I start Zach Zenner in this upcoming week simply because I think he probably is going to get about 10 carries. 2 to 4 targets against the 49ers uh because you know Kenyon Drake he's just not going to know the whole playbook right away right that's just it's an unrealistic expectation for him to walk in and to be able to, to you know take 70% of the work or whatever. So Zenner is going to be the uh, the guy who's in there. You know, I, and maybe maybe Kenyon Drake does just get 80% of the work, but I, I think that it is kind of unlikely. Cole Beasley is another guy. I've written him up in the Roto Experts waiver wire column a few times, but he has really just been the quintessential low-ceiling, high-floor waiver wire ad that gets you through the bye weeks. Uh, he's got back-to-back weeks with uh, touchdowns. He's probably going to project... For ten to twelve PPR points, especially in this upcoming week against uh, the Washington Pro Football Team, I actually am adding him in a, a few competitive leagues of my own, where uh, there are going to be guys on buy that I need. the The Rams wide receivers being on buy is uh, is pretty brutal. Some people have Tyler Boyd. Some people maybe picked up Alex Erickson last week, so I think Beasley is a pretty good re- like one week stopgap replacement. And you know he's got a little bit of upside. If the Bills just continue this uh, this pass heavy approach which they did in this last game against Philadelphia though they were trailing in pretty much that uh, that entire game. The next guy is Brian Hill. So with Ito Smith banged up, we talked about him a little bit last week, but uh, he basically just kind of stepped right into the role as a, as a compliment to Devonta Freeman, scored a nice 20-yard rushing touchdown, played only 11 snaps on offense, but I think that he is now probably more likely to be the actual handcuff in this offense as opposed to Ito Smith because Ito Smith uh, is now again going through his second concussion of the year. So Hill, another valuable kind of one percent, three percent kind of bid in uh, in seasonal leagues. The next guy, Dallas Goddard. At this point, I'm just ready to say that he is a fantasy starter. He's seen eight, four, and five targets over his last three games, and he had his highest snap share of the season, playing 75% of the Eagles' snaps. He's fourth on the Eagles in targets with 27, but he's basically just seen a massive uptick in usage in snaps over the last three weeks. So they have Miles Sanders banged up now. They've not been able to get Deshaun Jackson back in the lineup. They are running... Thin on weapons, Dallas Goddard is one of those weapons. So I think for a for a position that is just so devoid of talent, so devoid of PPR points, Dallas Goddard is one of those guys who is uh, gonna be able to get you PPR points at the tight end position. So you know if you've been starting. Jack Doyle, O.J. Howard. If you picked up Cameron Brate last week, I definitely think Goddard is a guy that you could get for you know five to eight percent of your Fab this week. Definitely uh, not too much, but there's actually another tight end out there who is a pretty strong add as well, and it is Jonu Smith, who is another you know size speed phenom who uh, just kind of took a few years to get adjusted to the NFL playing behind Delaney Walker. Smith ran a four point six two forty, and is just a a big guy at two hundred and fifty pounds. He scored on his first target of the game in this last week for the Titans, and it was like a specific schemed goal line target. Like it was a, it was one of those. Uh inside screen plays that teams run on the goal line where uh, two of the wide receivers go to go block the third wide receiver just turns towards the quarterback right at the line of scrimmage catches the ball and just kind of falls in towards the end zone it was it was a pretty creative play I guess for the Tennessee Titans not something you would see them run very often and it was ran for Johnny Smith so you know uh, deeper 12 team leagues 14 plus team leagues other deeper formats uh, like for example in the Scott Fishbowl, Bowl if Johnny Smith is out there, he definitely would be someone that I would be interested in adding this week. The next guys are the Miami Dolphins running backs, Mark Walton and Kalen Balazs. Mark Walton played about 98 per, I think, I, I think he played on, uh, like 55 of 70 total snaps for the Dolphins on Monday night. He was in there pretty much the entire game. Was getting dump offs. Was getting most of the uh, was getting most of the work. Now Caleb Balaz did come in and got one goal line carry, but did not get uh, did not get more than one. So. If you were interested in owning the uh, the primary running back for the Miami Dolphins, you definitely are able to do so with uh, with Mark Walton if, if he's out there in your league. I am not going to be particularly aggressive on him. I do have him in one league that I play in, but I just I just think that the ceiling is pretty low, and and the way that Mark Walton is going to get there is going to be through you know adding four to six points a week with his legs because the rushing upside is not going to be that high in this offense. But uh, but through but through catching the ball and with Devonte Parker, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, like they, they have not thrown the ball to the running back a ton. You know, probably the best case scenario in a given week in terms of what you're going to project him for is going to be like four and a half to five targets, and that's a useful player, but certainly not like the upside last week for Ty Johnson was really high. Uh, it it did not turn out that way. It seems like Ty Johnson's going to be some wasted fab dollars, but definitely the upside was higher. And I just, I just really do not see that upside with Mark Walton. But speaking of Ty Johnson, Trey Carson, uh, he actually started this game on Sunday for the Detroit lions. Now he played only 30% of the snaps recorded 12 rushes, zero targets, but the organization is sending us a message, which is that, you know, Ty Johnson, not ready to be the guy. JD McKissick is just going to stay in his gimmick role. Paul Perkins was also active and recorded three rushing attempts, but you know, I don't think we need to take Paul Perkins pretty seriously. Carson is kind of an interesting ad just if Detroit does get you know, massive leads in any of these games, maybe maybe Carson does become something down the stretch. I would be sort of skeptical of that myself, but any guy who's gonna be a quote unquote starting running back should probably be owned. so, Trey Carson, 1% to 5%. I I have no problem with that. A few more deep guys. Alan Lazard, again, played the most snaps of any Green Bay wide receiver as Aaron Jones just crushed the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Devontae Adams is getting pretty close to returning at this point. Seemed like he might have maybe even been active in this Sunday night game if it was a more competitive game. So when he finally comes back, is Alan Lazard going to send Geronimo Allison to the bench? I think that he probably should. I don't know if uh, I don't know if he will. I think that that is kind of the most likely scenario, though. So Alan Lazard still out there in your league, five percent bid, no problem with that. You, you could maybe if someone could maybe drop him, you could add him on first come first serve waivers. Uh, two more running backs due to injury. Raheem Mostert. Uh, He's definitely worth an ad maprita left Sunday's game with a lower body injury and was questionable to return uh, Mostert actually led the 49ers in carries against the Panthers and uh, they're they're massive favorites against the Cardinals on Thursday so I definitely think that mostert might get uh, might get some more serious work in uh, he might get some more serious work in this game and uh, the 49ers have been such an efficient running team that mostert is actually a third string running back who is worth holding on to because you know anything happens Happens to Tevin? Anything happens to Brita? Or if Brita actually misses this game on Thursday, Mostert is going to be a very highly projected play. You know, definitely at least a a flex starter in twelve-team leagues. Our final guy is Boston Scott. I've mentioned him on the last few shows, but exactly what we talked about has happened. Miles Sanders has suffered a shoulder injury. Now he's only listed as day to day. However, I definitely think that Boston Scott is worth, uh, you know, just just even a a one percent bid this week is definitely reasonable on him, just just in case. Miles Sanders is unable to play. So that was our look at the waiver wire this week. Uh, A a pretty interesting week with uh, those wide receiver names up top, especially with how people want to bid on Josh Reynolds with their bye week coming up. Uh, Now let's go ahead and dive into our streaming section, starting with quarterbacks. Uh, I expect that this to be I expect this to be one of the most difficult weeks uh, of streaming quarterbacks because we are just getting into a scenario where a lot of teams are starting to deal with the buy, so they're holding on to two quarterbacks. You know, for example, in Yahoo leagues, uh, there are there are actually twenty-two quarterbacks who are owned in more than uh, than fifty-five percent or than fifty percent of leagues. So that's a that's like a difficult situation. You know, Jacoby Brissett not a streaming quarterback anymore, and uh, and that's definitely tough for us, but. Nevertheless, we will, of course, prevail, find more options. The first guy that uh, we are going to look at is going to be Derek Carr coming off of a three-touchdown game against Houston. He gets a matchup against Detroit at home. Now, the matchup against Detroit in and of itself is fine. You know, the Lions' defense is not good. But the the big thing that, uh, that he has going for him is that... He's just been chucking it in garbage time, you know. They really have just been letting Derek Carr throw the ball when they've been trailing, and he has. Uh, he he got kind of lucky last week with Tyrell Williams scoring the forty-five yarder, Hunter Renfro throwing or er, scoring the sixty-five yarder. But they've been more efficient passing the ball than running the ball, which of course is, you know, that's just kind of to be expected with uh, with any offense. So Derek Carr, he's 29% owned. I think he is a, a pretty strong option this week. Uh, if, you, if you are a very confident person, if you are a person who likes to live on the edge, uh, can I suggest to you one Mr. Sam Darnold at... The Miami Dolphins, basically the worst passing defense of all time, and they made Mason Rudolph look horrible in that first half on Monday Night Football, and that's kind of sneaking in my mind with Sam Darnold. However, the Miami Dolphins have given it up to pretty much every team, left, right, center. They have uh, they have been absolutely horrible, and Darnold is 23% owned in Yahoo Leagues. I think he has to be considered a strong streaming option against Miami because uh, the, the volume should theoretically be there. Uh, they have good pass catchers to make his passes you know translate into fantasy points so, for me, I, I think that you just I think that you just have to consider Sam Darnold because I think you know he's got better ceiling uh, and and maybe even a better median than you know Kyle Allen Ryan Fitzpatrick Case Keenum uh, a lot of these other guys who are who are sitting down here in the single digit zone the third quarterback that I am going to mention is going to be Daniel Jones Monday night against Dallas uh, he has shown i one he's not run near as much as we thought but two he has definitely shown some aptitude to just get after it in garbage time he played absolutely horrible in the first half on sunday against detroit and then came back and uh was leading the garbage time revolution against the uh against the new york giants so daniel jones is definitely a guy who i think is playable in leagues where you know you're not you're not penalized too much for turnovers if it's only Minus one for interceptions or, or or minus one for fumbles. I definitely think that you can play Daniel Jones in uh in those formats. Moving to the tight end position, looking at some streamers here, Jason Witten has now been dropped in enough leagues that he is considered a streamer. I think that you can play him against the New York Giants. The Cowboys have one of the healthier team totals of the week against this absolutely Horrendous, horrible New York Giants defense. He's 47% owned on Yahoo, has 31 targets on the season, two touchdowns. I think Jason Witten is a is quite the uh the viable play this week. But I don't know how Darren Fells, 28 targets, 244 yards, and five touchdowns. I just don't know how he can't be considered one of the best ads of the week. He has basically replaced uh, their slot production. So Kiki Cutie played zero snaps this week. DeAndre Carter had one reception for 46 yards this last week. So Darren Fells is really just playing as their slot wide receiver. And if you think about it from a real football context, it totally makes sense why that would be the case. Which is they just need more guys who can block out there. They need uh, two tight ends out there. They need running backs out there because their offensive line is so bad. They they need more blockers. So Darren Fells I think is a you know, quite the strong option this week at Jacksonville, Dallas Goddard. We've already talked about him in the roster management show. He's up to 27 targets and three touchdowns on the year. I think he is a pretty strong option just as a guy who's playing about 75% of the snaps. Johnu Smith is coming off of a six reception, 71 yard, and touchdown day against Carolina. Assuming that Delaney Walker is going to be out for this game at Carolina, the Tennessee Titans are going to be throwing a little bit more than their league average, or, or than league average, more than their average in this game as they are road underdogs against Carolina. So. Streaming tight end is just is just crazy this week. You know we have we got Dawson Knox who has twenty four targets on the year has become a, a full time player. We have Cameron Brate who actually was third on Tampa Bay in receiving last week, and uh, you know he he should be the starting tight end with OJ Howard out this week. Now I would not be super excited about playing him relative to these other names we've mentioned. But tight end, tight end is actually deep this week. So that's, that's really just the only thing I, uh, I wanted to point out is there are a lot of Playable guys. I mean, we have Ricky Seals Jones, who's going to be playing at Denver. He's down at three percent owned. So if you do not have a tight end right now, there fear not. There are there are a lot of options. And when you check out the when you check out the weekly rankings on RotoExperts.com, when you check out the weekly projections on DailyRoto.com, you're going to be able to find one of these guys who is a good enough option for you to want to start. In, uh, in your fantasy league. So now we got to get into streaming kickers. And my friends, this is finally going to be a week where we do not play Zane Gonzalez. I think Zane Gonzalez is actually finally a bad play against San Francisco. But due to the bye weeks, our friend Brett Maher at the New York Giants for the Dallas Cowboys, very healthy team total, one of the best kickers in the NFL, far and away our number one streaming option. I would actually spend a couple dollars of fab on him. Normally, we don't really spend much money of our fab on kickers, but I definitely think Brett Maher, far and away number one, not close uh, streaming option of the week. Uh, I definitely think Austin Seibert out there in your leagues gets a great matchup this week for the Cleveland Browns, gets to play against Denver, and uh, a quarterback who... I did not know was in the NFL. Uh, Brandon Allen, former Arkansas, Arkansas quarterback, is going to be starting for the Broncos this week against the Browns. The money line has really started to turn, uh, obviously, against the Denver Broncos because it turns out even Joe Flacco can be downgraded on. So... Our kicking streaming options this week are going to be Brett Maher, Austin Seibert. These guys are incredibly strong ads. Seibert is 1% owned, so he is out there in your league. Finally, best part of the week, defense streaming. And my friends, finally, we have options. The Carolina Panthers defense, 48% owned. Home defense against Ryan Tannehill. Uh, this is uh, this is just a, a great spot for them. They have 30 sacks on the year. Uh, they they have been one of the best scoring defenses of the season. Really good in terms of generating pressures, generating turnovers. Uh, we have to really like them this week. Uh, the Philadelphia defense gets to play Mitch Trubisky at home. Now their passing defense has been horrible, but their run defense has been quite good. I would assume that uh, the Bears are still going to try and run, and I don't know how useful that uh, is going to be for them. The Dallas Cowboys defense. Now, they are on the road, so we do not like that part as much. However, they get to play Daniel Jones. An absolute turnover machine, uh, you know, multiple uh, defensive touchdowns allowed, has fumbled, you know, uh, multiple times in his last three games. Does not really get much better of a defensive matchup than that. The Cleveland Browns against the aforementioned Brandon Allen. Again, this one is on the road, but uh, in in deeper leagues, this is a, an extremely strong spot for them. I think you, I think you have to add them uh, w- without question. You you have to get them in your, uh, you know, it you, you don't have to add them, but in, like, for example, I play in a 16-team league with defenses, so if you think about how many defenses are owned, uh, they, the Browns, if they were out there on that league, they would be, like, worth spending fab on because they are such a strong option uh, against this Brandon Allen character. So that is going to do it for us this week on the Roster Management Show here on the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, if you want more expert advice, insight, content, please make sure to head over to RotoExperts.com and uh, get all of our premium content over there. You can get 10% off of the RotoExperts package using the promo code Matic M-A-T-T-E-K, M-A-T-T-E-K, and uh, you will have that NFL 365 package for, you guessed it, 365 days. We will uh, see you tomorrow.